Welcome to the Mastering Mindfulness Institute, the place to end self-sabotage and get off the diet roller coaster to finally achieve a life of balance. I'm your host, Gina B. Let's dive in. Hey guys, today we are going to talk about the connection between sleep deprivation and weight gain. A lot of people feel so bad and they're really frustrated with why they can't lose weight why they might feel like they have a food addiction, and it could actually be that your sleep deprivation is causing a chemical imbalance because of your lack of sleep. So there's definitely a strong, strong connection between not getting enough sleep and why our body causes us to gain weight, increase our appetite. This isn't something that is just a theory. It's actually been really well studied. There is a tremendous amount of published studies that have been done that show how the body shifts its physiology to store weight when we don't get enough sleep. So I'm a huge believer to make sleep a priority. Uh, Whenever we start in our program and getting in control over our food, one of the foundational pieces that we talk about is why sleep is so important. Because if you're still trying and trying to get in control of your food and you keep every day getting excited to get back in control and then throughout the day you find yourself losing willpower, you're losing momentum and then you give in because these cravings really hit and it's because you're low on sleep, it's going to be like fighting an uphill battle. You might end up repeating the same habit over and over and over again and feeling really bad like you are the one that's out of control, that you have this problem or this addiction. And there are many different reasons why food addiction or it's really hard to change our habits, but this is one component that is really, really important. So getting your sleep down, making that a priority is actually huge for being able to get in control over your food and stick to your food goals. So we are going to dive into what does some of this information say, what is happening to our body's physiology, and what can you do about it. So when you don't get enough sleep, which is, it, it's debatable, sleep deprivation is, is um, the definition I think is below six hours or considered below six hours of sleep, Um, but you should be getting at least eight hours of sleep. And for some of you, you might be laughing right now and thinking I'm crazy. So I know that for some people that seems just impossible and unreal. I know we have a lot going on in our lives and now it's become like the cool thing to do to really try to maximize your time, stay up later, get more done, be more productive, spend more time with the people around you. And our sleep time is getting shorter and our wake time is getting longer. So what happens when you do have less than eight hours of sleep or less than six hours of sleep? You wake up in the morning and maybe you're feeling a bit groggy. First thing I want you to think of is what are some of the thoughts that go through your head when you first wake up and you're tired? They're probably not super enthusiastic, positive, encouraging, motivated thoughts that make you want to spring out of bed, eat some healthy food, get to the gym, and have a fulfilling day. When we're sleep deprived, we tend to feed into our mindset of, I'm so tired. I'm so tired today. I don't have time for this. I don't have time to hear that, listen to that. I can't do it. We tend to be a little bit more negative and less encouraging. And we know that that mindset right off the bat 
there's no way, there's no way you're going to be able to stick to your goals, get healthier, and really be motivated and excited about sticking to these habits if you're already starting the first thing in the morning in that mindset. It's just not going to work. So first of all, you know, how does your sleep affect your mindset? For me, it's huge. I know for me, my sleep changes everything, my day entirely. If I'm feeling sleep deprived, I know I'm going to wake up and the rest of the day, I'm probably going to have a pity party for myself, that I'm just too tired, that I just don't have time for that, that I don't have the energy, that I just am not motivated. I already know it's going to be really, really rough. So for me, that alone, my mindset is really motivating. Number two, once I learned what happens to your body's hormone shifts, When you are sleep deprived, holy smokes, am I sensitive to it now. I notice such a difference. And for me, it is so important to get my sleep. I make that my number one over anything in my health. Number one is getting enough sleep. I try my best to really carve out those lines and those boundaries of I need my sleep because I know what's going to happen to my body. It's going to hit me like a train wreck tomorrow if I don't. So what happens is... It's just a survival mechanism. It's a normal thing that our bodies have that if you don't get enough sleep, that stress hormone cortisol is going to be higher the next day. And for survival, this is actually a good thing. It makes it makes your body really alert. And just in case if you didn't get enough sleep, but you had to go run from a wild animal or you were in this survival situation, you would be alert and ready to go. Now, since we're not running from wild animals, for most people, this translates into uh, anxiety and this very animalistic-like state, which isn't good. It kind of puts you out of control, where when you are calm and your cortisol is in balance, you have energy, but you are in control. You're not in this fight-or-flight state. So when cortisol is high, it shifts our body's entire physiology into a fight-or-flight state. That means that those hormones that keep us happy, our weight in balance, our cravings in check, like your estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, those go down because it's not time for reproduction and all those good lovey juicy hormones. It's time for fight or flight because you need this survival hormone because you didn't get enough natural energy, enough rest. So I think of cortisol, it's not the same thing as caffeine, but I think of it as like caffeine, that if you don't have your natural energy, your body is going to create this hormonal energy to keep you alert for your protection. Now, when you're in this fight or flight state, what's happening is your body is breaking down stored carbohydrates as glycogen and breaking it down as sugar and putting it into your bloodstream. So you might not be eating sugar, but you can bet you're getting sugar kicked out into your bloodstream and creating this like inflammatory state. And that is where our body says we need to store belly fat. So your physiology shifts and your body says we need to store store belly fat because you're in a fight or flight state. You're in survival mode. And belly fat is going to be there and protect those organs. So that classic spare tire weight gain that's around the belly that nobody loves having is actually there as your protection. So when we're sleep deprived, our bodies are much more likely to to lower all our other hormones that make us happy and our metabolism high and at a good healthy weight and cravings in check. And instead, it's going to store that weight 
and really increase our cravings too. It's a survival mechanism. If you needed to survive, you would be naturally inclined to seek out food that gives you quick energy like sugar and carbs and starchy things. So not only is this just our body's natural built-in physiology, we actually see studies that show this time and time again that this does actually happen. So what's interesting is there was a study, it was published by the American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine, and they looked at people getting less than six hours of sleep. So they counted that as sleep deprivation. What they found was that children ate on average about an extra 200 calories a day, and adults were eating about an average of 300 to 550 calories a day when they were sleep deprived. So they didn't give them any rules, no nutrition guidelines, whether they were in the sleep deprivation group or whether they were in the normal sleep group. They did not give them any eating guidelines. And what they found was that on average, the sleep deprivation group ate 300 to 550 calories extra a day. And if you think about that, let's say that was just your sleep influencing that intake, you would be gaining about a pound a week, pound a week just from sleep deprivation. So what they found was that their appetite for sweet and starchy foods was a lot higher. So it was really increasing those cravings and their body was storing these extra calories And so there's a few theories as to why this could be happening. Number one, we have this hormone balance. It's called leptin and ghrelin. We want a good balance. Your leptin is what helps you feel satisfied. When you eat a food and you're like, okay, I'm content. Ghrelin makes you hungry. And what they found is that in sleep deprivation, leptin that keeps you satisfied was really low. And ghrelin that makes you hungry and stimulates your appetite was very high. So this hormone balance was affected by their amounts of sleep. So this actually changed that chemistry. So you might be feeling really bad and like I'm out of control and I don't have any, I don't have any control over my food and almost feeling like this addictive state. And it could be this leptin ghrelin imbalance that happens from a lack of sleep. Also, just a protective mechanism to make sure that if you are in survival mode because you don't have enough natural energy from sleep, you're going to need to get it from some food. They also saw there's different regions in the brain that were more active in sleep deprivation. And those regions are where we control our emotional responses. It's our reward systems. So when you are sleep deprived, you're actually using areas of your brain that triggers a pleasure response from eating food. And you also get a reward. Not only is it just the pleasure system, but it's also your reward system. So if you ever get intense pleasure from eating food and you convince yourself in your mind, I deserve this. I've had a long day. I've had a really hard day. Trust me, I know. Don't feel bad. We've all been there. I've been there. I've heard that voice in my head. Probably a sleep deprivation day. Um, I'm sure many of you have. I think probably everybody has at some point, some more strongly than others. But when we are sleep deprived, we're using this region in our brain where we have emotional responses and we're using our reward systems. So a lot of the time we hear that voice in our head that's like, you know what? You've had a really long day. You deserve this. (laughs) And it gives us a lot of pleasure from eating that food. And it feeds into that reward loop that's in our brain. 
It also stimulates our endocannabinoid system, and our endocannabinoid system acts very similar to the way that marijuana does, that it makes you crave more food, more sweets, more carbohydrates, and it becomes an intensified eating experience. So it's very, it acts very similar in that way, but not only does it give you that pleasurable experience, but it also is hitting our reward system that is telling you you're doing good. Do this again. Do this again. So we get those uncontrollable cravings, and that's how we end up coping with a lack of sleep. So we're feeding into this reward system. So there's a lot of people who feel like, I just need more willpower. I don't have enough willpower. And maybe it's not a lack of willpower, but you have a chemical imbalance in your brain because of a lack of sleep. Whoa. (laughs) Can we just take that all in for a minute? Like a chemical imbalance in your brain from a lack of sleep. Not this lack of willpower that you may have been so, so hard on yourself for. And I've been there before where I may have not had enough sleep and I just watch myself like a train wreck of it starts off with a bad mindset. I'm too tired for this. I don't have the energy. I don't have the motivation. Oh, well, I'll start over tomorrow. And then you're impulsively grabbing sweets, something processed, something that's quick, that gives you quick energy. And then you give yourself that reason, that excuse of like, I deserve it. And it's making you feel good, like you're nurturing yourself, but you're really not. And then once it hits what you've done, you feel really bad about it. And you think you don't have any willpower. And it just ends up being like this downward tumbling cycle. So if you are really struggling with your sleep, I don't want this to feel overwhelming, like I'll never accomplish my goals because I'm not getting enough sleep. Don't put that mindset, don't create that as your identity and that's what's going to happen. Just know that it plays a big role if you're feeling like you're struggling, that maybe your body needs some love, some nurturing, some attention, some sleep. And what I found is that if I hit a midday slump and I'm able to take a nap, if I feel those cravings and those triggers come on, it feels so nurturing and so fulfilling to practice saying, you know what, I need to go put myself to sleep like a kid. You know how babies get whiny and cranky and and maybe they want a snack when they're tired and they probably just need a nap? We're kind of the same way. So if you're able to, I know sometimes you might be at work, but finding something that honors that when you're tired, you might need something else to nurture and love on your body. So how can we approach this? There are some huge, huge strategies that make such a difference in our sleep that I want to give you some of my favorite strategies that really make a huge difference in being able to power down and get an at least better sleep and start working towards it. And so this comes with your coming, creating a evening routine. So number one, powering down your electronics is huge. (laughs) I know we tend to live in this society where we're like, okay, I want to get more work done, or I want to unwind my day with some TV or be on my phone, check out my social media. And that was kind of the life I had always been living until I learned that that light, that stimulation increases the stress hormone cortisol and drops our melatonin. And I really saw that because I test my cortisol levels um, quite every once in a while, probably every six or so months. I test my cortisol levels, and I also test my melatonin 
along with it just to see am I keeping my stress hormones in check. And on the test kit instructions, it says right, right before bed is when you do your last saliva collection. And right before bed when it's late at night and it's dark, it says if you use your phone light to look at what you're doing, if it's dark and you look at your phone light to just look for your test kit and your eyes see it, your results will not be valid. Your cortisol will spike and your melatonin will drop. So I was like, wow, it's that powerful that I, if I just use my phone as a light, it's going to mess up my natural body's lab results, that my cortisol will be high and my melatonin will be low. So that was really powerful that it specifically in the test kit instructions told me, don't grab your phone and look at it. It's going to affect your lab results. So that was pretty powerful to me. So I keep that in mind that when I'm trying to power down at the end of the night, do I want my brain to be active and my body running on this anxious fight or flight hormone? Or do I want to signal to my body, it's time to switch. The day is done. I can put all of that to rest. Cortisol can come back down and melatonin can come up on board and start raising to put me to sleep. Melatonin is that sleep hormone. So powering down electronics, a really great goal to have is to say no electronics one hour before bed. For some people, that might really be a stretch. It just might, if you're used to falling asleep with the TV on or scrolling through your phone as you're laying in bed, I know that that might be a stretch for some of you. But it gives you a good goal to work towards. So making it a goal to have an hour without electronics before bed, I'm able to do it most days now because it's become a routine. So I power down my computer, and I personally don't keep any electronics in my bedroom. So my computer is out of my bedroom. I don't have a TV. Um, I don't either. I keep my phone out of the bedroom, or my phone is turned off if it is in my bedroom. So it's one of the two, but I'm making my sleep space my ritual, my place of peace and rest. And for some people, that might sound crazy and overboard, but it's made a massive difference in the amount of anxiety I have before going to bed, how quick I fall asleep, and how I wake up in the morning and my day goes. So it might sound crazy, but to me, it has made a massive difference. So powering down electronics. Um, there are some supplements that you can take to help unwind and help your body get into a relaxed state. One of them is magnesium. Magnesium is really calming, so that's one that some people really enjoy doing. You can also take an Epsom salt bath that has those magnesium salts, can soak into the muscles and relax the muscles. So a hot bath before bed with Epsom salts, it's not just the warm water and relaxing, but the magnesium soaks into the muscles and relaxes the muscles. There are also supplements like L-theanine or melatonin that also help the body go into this restful, sleepy state that can also be helpful. The other thing is having an evening ritual. So if your evening ritual is to work until you're pushing, 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 and then you pass out, it's not a great way to shut down and power down your mind. So if you're able to, maybe some breathing exercises. Breathing or meditation, some deep breathing is a great way to signal to your body we're out of this fight or flight state and we're ready to power down and shut down. Some people like stretching. Some people like to just listen to some music. It's a really nice way to let the mind kind of shut down. With reading, I leave that up to the person. Everyone's a little bit different. 
Some will argue that reading actually is too stimulating to the brain. Even though you're not getting the light, it could be stimulating to the mind the way that like TV does, where you're actually getting your mind too active. So pay close attention to that. Some people reading puts them right to sleep and that's perfectly fine. And I will not tell you, no, don't do that. Um, Other people, they're like, I've tried reading and it just stimulates my brain and I don't sleep. So having a really nice evening ritual, I notice I sleep really well when I turn some lights down, maybe some candles, maybe some stretching or just laying or some journaling, reflecting on my day. Maybe it's spending time with anyone that I'm with and just relaxing, unwinding, Uh, maybe a hot cup of tea. Coming up with something that's a really nice bedtime ritual, this signals to your brain, okay, it's time for us to power down and shut down. So those are some really great strategies. The other thing to consider is if you are really just not able to power down, looking at things like your hormones. Hormones like progesterone, especially for women who are transitioning into menopause or they have low progesterone. Progesterone is that hormone that helps you feel relaxed. And it's kind of the opposite of cortisol. It helps you feel safe, calm, relaxed, sleepy. It keeps us asleep at night. So things like thyroid hormones or progesterone or hormone imbalances can affect our sleep. Or, of course, we cannot discredit or discount the effect that our stress has on our ability to fall asleep. So I like to think of it, sometimes if I have a lot of stress, a lot on my mind or anxiety, I like to write out what are the things that maybe I need to do for the day if it's a to-do list, put them on paper so I can rest not having to rely on my brain saying, okay, this is what you have to do. I don't want to have to rely on my mind to remember. I just want it out on paper and out on out of my brain onto paper and know that tomorrow it will be there. So it's a great way for me to shut down. If I have too many thoughts going on, I think of them as like computer tabs, like windows. And I think about pulling them all out into the forefront of my brain, all those tabs, and I imagine myself closing out each one at a time. And closing it out and swiping it out of my brain and knowing that I can pick it back up again tomorrow. So I know it's not easy, but it could take a lot of practice. Think about going and shutting down your brain as like a skill that needs to be practiced. So while you're laying there and you're frustrated and you're like, this isn't working, know that it is something that's getting better. And the more that you practice it, you are working towards something, even if it doesn't work the first time that you do it. You're creating a new ritual for your brain, a new signal that says, we are powering down, we're shutting down, we just have to get used to it. And if you have trouble sleeping, letting go of that identity that you are an insomniac, that you can't sleep, that you just don't do it. If you identify with it, you'll never be able to really get into a deep sleep. It's so hard if that's become your identity is that I'm a bad sleeper, I'm an insomniac. It makes it really hard because your brain is like, yep, we don't sleep, we don't power down, so we're not going to do it now just because you lowered the lights. So really believing like I can sleep, um, that's why a lot of researchers will say that it's easy for people to take a nap and really hard for them to fall asleep at night because there's no pressure when you take a nap. You just fall asleep because you really need the rest. There's not any pressure between identifying with I do go to sleep or I don't go to sleep. I'm a good sleeper. I'm a bad sleeper. 
we just kind of rest. <laughs> so it's a really great thing to be mindful of is what are, what is your self-talk there? Just like with anything, we have to have a positive and encouraging self-talk to be able to see that change happen. So not identifying with, I'm an insomniac, I'm not a good sleeper, starting to change that inner talk. So I hope this was helpful. Don't be so hard on yourself. Try and get that rest. Make sure that you have those boundaries. Set them with your friends, your family. Make yourself number one. If it comes down to it in the morning and you are motivated to go to the gym, but you also need sleep, maybe that's where honoring your body is actually the better thing for your health and getting in some extra sleep because it will have a trickle-down effect on everything. So I hope this helps, and I will talk to you guys soon.